Welcome to episode 70 of Imperial Hearts. Imperial Hearts is a Star Wars podcast hosted by Jamie and Dana, your friends in Star Wars pals. <laughs> friends in Star Wars pals. So what corners of the galaxy are we journeying through this week? First, we're going to go to the... <laughs> First, we're going to go to the news system. Mm, okay. And then we're going to go through the um, comics cluster. Okay. And then the uh, Clone Corner Nebula. I was just going to say the Clone Corner. But, sure. But yeah. 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 And uh, then we're going to take a nice end stop at the... Um, what did I call it? Oh. Inferno. Better Front. Better Front. <laughs> Better Front Friendly Company. Friendly Company. <laughs> Yeah, um, full of your friends and boys and girls. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that we're going to talk about Inferno Squad is what I mean, yeah. I mean to say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of topics for today. Okay, so you had some secret news. Secret, secret. It's not that big of a secret. You, okay. m- you might have already heard about it. So, um, for the Han Solo movie, they brought on a new writer. Really? Or no, ep- the Episode Nine movie, sorry. Episode 1X. Oh. Um, not Han Solo. Okay. Um, and he, he, what was he a new writer or was he just confirmed as the writer? He was brought on as a writer. Okay. So the other two people who are involved in making the film, I think it's a set of brothers, right? Uh, I don't know. Colin Trevorrow and I, I don't know who else was involved in writing. The other, the other one. There's two. There's, There's two, I think. Okay. And they're writing and directing. Okay. And then this other guy, Jack Thorne. Mm Mm-hmm has been brought on as a writer. Mm. We haven't, like, they they weren't specific as to what his role was, whether, right. whether he's helping with rewrites or if he's a collaborator. Right, or whether they were like, look, Colin Trevorrow, your last movie was a hot mess. Yeah. We're going to make sure somebody else is here to make sure this works out. So this, this guy doesn't seem to have... I mean, he's been involved in a few different things. Most notably, there's an upcoming film called Wonder that I, okay. don't, I don't know what that's about. I didn't look it up and uh he also wrote the stage play for the cursed child Hmm. interesting Um, interesting oh i did hear one other tiny piece of news what is that that? was it was confirmed that episode eight is princess leia's last film princess leia will not appear at all in episode nine good to know i mean that makes sense yeah um, I guess that wasn't initially the case. We hadn't. Yeah, it wasn't confirmed. Wasn't confirmed. John Boyega said that um, she gets a real good send off. Oh. She said he said that it, it's really good. I would imagine like, that seems like uh, that seems like a good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know what to make of that. Hmm. Episode nine still a ways off, but I guess they're still starting to make it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and we got some toy news. Toy news. So I think based on what we've seen of the toys, we're kind of able to speculate a little bit on who's important. Right. Although. Right. Right. To- as we know, as we know, toys are not a good, one of these could be a C2B5 or a, yep. a Constable Zuvio. Right. That's um, true. But there are pictures out there now of Paige. Oh, yeah. Who is Rose's uh, sister. Yep. So it looks like we were right, and she was the one. She looks very much like the one in the trailer who gets yeah. blown up. She might not get blown up. She was it's blown up to motivate the main character. She was gunning. She wasn't blown up. She was. Are you sure about that? Well, I don't know, but 
She's mm. not, not going to get fridged in the first five minutes to motivate the other characters. Ugh. Let's not. It looks like C-3PO is going to get his arm repainted. Oh, yeah. So C-3PO... With a gold arm again? Gold arm again. I wonder if he'll have another part of his body that's, like, a different color, though. Maybe. Because he's always got, like, you know, he's got, like, the silver leg in the first right. movie. Uh, pretty standard Chewbacca. A Hux. A Hux with a mouse droid. Okay, yeah, Hux and a mouse droid. It looks like Hux's outfit's pretty standard. Yeah, he's making an angry fist in the packaging. That's what he's best at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Kylo, we've, we've already seen lots of footage of what Kylo looks like. Yeah. Uh, Ray seems like I don't know. We've I think we've seen this outfit before. Yeah, that was the one that was leaked last week. Where she's kind of wearing like gray robes. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's hinting at something. Finn's new outfit. This is pretty much the same as his old outfit. Yeah, it's like a jacket and Rose and, and her maintenance we, gear. We've so yeah and a stormtrooper and and then we've also got the new ship. We have a new a name for the new ship. Um, they're like the ships from, uh, what's that planet called? No. I don't know. The mining planet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um they're, they're called resistant ski speeders. Oh. Those are the ships that have that red stuff coming out of them. Hmm. And it looks like Poe Dameron is piloting one of them, so hmm. we know he'll be involved in that scene. Cool. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, that's about it from the... Kylo, okay, so you know how Kylo had, like, luxurious, beautiful hair in the first movie, and in this movie his hair is all, like, lank and greasy? Um, wait, what? Really? Is I don't that, know. Really? Whoops. Have, it, it feels like any of the pictures we've seen, promotional pictures of Kylo we've seen, his hair has been all, like, Snape hair instead of hmm. Disney Prince hair. I don't really remember what his hair looked like in the first movie. It wasn't greasy as, as heck. Well, it was puffy and luxuriant hmm hmm okay all right and so i so okay so i have two questions about that maybe they're trying to reinforce the snape angle yeah well okay okay there's three questions then could be very humid on the planet where he's right right of course you shouldn't hold that against him no so i was thinking like from a production design standpoint yes are we illustrating his further decline into the dark side with, like, a sort of more lank, unkempt appearance? Mm. Are we Ryan Johnson trying to be like, oh, look, Kylo is not hot. Like, stop it, everybody. He's mm. not He's not the mm. romantic lead. Like, don't do that. And so we'll make him, like, less attractive. Um, wait, those, those are the two options. I honestly didn't notice a difference. Mm. I feel like he looks... I feel like he looks a little bit sexier because he's got a big scar mm. and he's got a cape he does have a cape um i mean hair is very important to me but i didn't really notice the difference but i'm going to trust you on this because i haven't watched the force awakens as much as you have or read as much kylo fanfic <laughs> which i think may be coloring some of the <laughs> the hair opinions possibly yeah okay fair not that there's anything wrong with that yeah Unless it's Raylo. The people always say that when there's actually something wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong. But I'm serious, though. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some comics that we just read. So what comics did we read? We read, we got caught up on Dr. Afra Issues 9 and 10. 
And we also got caught up on one issue of the new Darth Vader series. Issue number three. Why don't we start with the good stuff? Yeah, Dr. Afra. Dr. Afra. I'm really killing it with my my hand gestures this time. <laughs> Again, you can't see them because this is... You don't have to tell them they can't see it. Just an audible medium. But true. Dr. Afra. Again, with the comics... My biggest disappointment with, I don't know if this is just a Western comics thing or just a, like, Marvel and DC comics thing, but the covers are obviously done separate from the comic issue themselves. So we've sometimes complained that we get, you get, like, promised something in the cover that is, like, never delivered on. You know, like, there was... Frequently. Yeah, there were... I think they call that clickbait. Oh. Or, like... Flip bait. Flip bait. Because you're opening the book. Uh, and in, you know, in Screaming Citadel, you had those issues where, like, Han Solo was tied up, and then you never get that. I remember. Yeah. We were really disappointed about that. In this one, you had issue nine of Afra, where Afra had a very fancy white dress, and yes. Black Chrysanthemum had Also a, had a very fancy... Very outfit. fancy tunic. <laughs> and uh, then in the actual comic, they had completely unrelated outfits. Which were not nearly as good. No, that was a much better one. We were mostly looking forward to getting caught up on Afra because of the outfits. Yeah, so... I mean, it's also a good comic, but... Mm -hmm. It did have a good um, smash cut title sequence. Yeah, so, yeah, you're reading the <laughs> the opening of the comic, and it's like... It's like a cold open. Yeah, it's like a cold open. They're, like, they're like doing their thing, and they're like, we're going to sell this, and then it's like... Or, I don't know, and smash cut to Dr. Afra and the Enormous Prophet. That's like the name of the issue. It's the like name the, of the issue. Yeah, the Indiana Jones style. Yeah. Um, Indiana Jones and the. Yeah. Exactly. Dr. Uh, Afra and the Enormous Prophet. Which was cool because we didn't, we didn't know what the title was going in. Mm -hmm. So the title of this little mini arc is Dr. Afra and the Enormous Prophet. In which she holds an auction for a bunch of sort of criminals and other shadowy organizations to auction off the evil Jedi, Rur, or if not evil, but kind of Cray, um, Jedi that they got in the last arc of Screaming Citadel. Yeah. The one yeah. who can... The, the uh, crystal one. The crystal Jedi who can uh, control droids. Yeah, that so, one. Yep, yeah, so she set up uh, an auction to sell that crystal. And there's all sorts of colorful characters who've shown up to... Ruin her day. Yep, and BT and Triple Zero causing problems. Yeah, they have a good they have a good side plot. Yeah, where um, first I want to say one thing before we get into that. I'm really excited that um, not excited. I'm impressed that Doctor Afra. It almost has just like one storyline that goes all the way through. Mm -hmm. Like the 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 Roar Crystal kind of just carries the whole story through yeah true which is not something we really get in some of the other comics like mm -hmm. um even the darth vader comic doesn't really have an overarching kind of does um star wars definitely doesn't yeah have any overarching um plot point but like afra does it's like this crystal has kind of been the start yeah. the start and is still the motivating thing in her story which is kind of cool it's kind of weird to think about how there really has only been 10 issues yeah. And I I mean, Screaming Citadel was extra because there were also issues of the but, other comics. And even that one was motivated by the crystal. Yeah. It's still kind of all one story, mm -hmm. which I think is kind of well done. Yeah. 
um, because I, I did get kind of sick of the, um, the Star Wars comics because it's a bunch of unrelated stories that are often, yeah, often just kind of feel meaningless. Yeah, I guess that's the, that's the disappointing thing about, um, sort of, you know, there's so much Star Wars content yeah, and some of it is going to be good and some of it is going to be forgettable. And, you know, uh, for us, we're trying to consume as much of it as possible so that we can... For, for fun. Yeah, for fun, to be and completionists. Yep. But some of it is definitely skippable. Yeah, and I think for, for me, the main thing is it has to be one of two things. It has to be a good standalone story, or mm-hmm. it has to explore parts of, or add to parts of the existing um, universe or, mm-hmm. or plot line like, like, um, Rebel Rising or, yeah. which adds on to an existing story and makes it more meaningful, meaningful, better. Yeah. Um, where some of the, and I feel like Afro does a good job because it takes an existing character, um, from the Vader comic. And like, I feel like this is a really one of a good example of a spinoff. Yeah. Um, where it takes that character who was really interesting and like, I didn't. I wasn't quite sure about this comic because I, w- I thought we might have like um, Spike syndrome, right? Where you know, like you give there's like a, a character like you know Fonzie or mm-hmm. or Spike mm-hmm. from Buffy or mm-hmm. you know that character that everybody likes. But when you focus on them and you give them their own series, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, so I was really worried about that, but I feel like because it's written by Kieran Gillen, mm-hmm. um, it really it's she's able to stand on her own really well. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, and, and because Afra also occupies a niche in the Star Wars storytelling universe that isn't really filled by somebody else. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be related to the main story. Yeah. Because she's entertaining by herself, mm-hmm. and, and watching her character grow is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, there's like multiple benefits, whereas on the Star Wars comic, I mean, I have no sense of which ones are popular and which ones aren't, like... There's that whole contingent, there's a huge contingent of Star Wars fans for whom the Luke and Han and Leia stories are what they're here for. Yeah. So they're probably, they they probably like that series. I'd be curious to see what the sales numbers are like. Yeah. For the various Star Wars comics, because there's like seven or eight of them now. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want to get caught up on the Darth Maul comic, which is apparently really interesting. Right. Um, and apparently it has... A lot of the story arcs that weren't that it didn't have time to include in Clone Wars. That's cool. Um, what other ones are they doing right now that we were interested in? Like we in- haven't caught up on the standalones of Lando and Chewbacca because I heard they're not great. We own them. Oh, we though. do. Yeah. Oh, we should so read. We should, we should read, read them. them then? And also Han Solo. The Han Which Solo. Comic. Also, I read the first three issues. It's also not great. Yeah, we also have the first trade of that. Oh, well, then we should read so, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are all things that we, we just, should read. And Anakin and Obi-Wan, we also have that. Which I've heard is actually pretty good. Yeah. All right. So well, they, but they make so many comics. They actually don't. It's like one a week. Yeah. I know, like, it seems... <laughs> seems like a lot. It's one issue a week, um, or like one issue of each series per month. Right. So it's actually not that many. If we just read one one issue a week, it's not that many. Yeah. It's because we have to get caught up. That's yeah, why. and we also didn't read the Rogue One comic. We're not caught up on Poe Dameron. There's like Poe Dameron apparently is getting pretty good. Yeah, so there's like a lot of stuff that we haven't gotten caught up with. That's one of our maybe. Okay, so here we go. We are 
almost finished. As of next week, we will be finished season four of Clone Wars. Yes. So then we'll have season five and then season six, which is half a season. Yes. Uh, then it's going to be Rebels. Right. Rebels is going to start again soon. Mm-hmm. But maybe to replace Clone Wars, which we were trying to get caught up on, maybe we can try to get comics. caught up all the comics. Mm, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, that's not a bad idea. All right, then. Cool. So what did you think of this, the Afro issues? I thought it was highly entertaining. I thought mm-hmm. it did some interesting things with the uh, setup of the, with the formula. Mm-hmm. Um, I think taking triple uh, zero and bt and having them actually go rogue which is kind of what they've been threatening to yeah. do for yeah since vader yeah um having them actually realize that afra isn't invested in them mm-hmm. um i'm curious to see how that's going to end up like if maybe maybe like i'm hoping the way it ends up is like by the end of the story she proves that she actually does kind of care about them yeah and there's some bonding mm-hmm. um i think that would be what I want out of this. So, spoiler alert, spoiler warning here for the Afro comic issue oh, nine. Right. Yes. What is the twist that they go rogue on? It was fun twist. They bring in Darth Vader. They call Darth Vader. Yeah. So the droids, the the droids call Darth Vader. Um, to they rat on on Afra. Yeah. So he hasn't shown up yet. He doesn't show up in issue ten. He's probably going to show up in the midpoint of the arc. So at the end of issue three. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was fun because, of course, Vader thinks that Afra's dead. Yeah, I'm curious to see how he will react. Yeah, and whether or not, like, yeah, sort of what that interaction is going to be like because she is assuming the only reason she's alive right now is because he thinks she's dead. And I was assuming as a reader that uh, we would never get to see those two characters interact ever again. Yeah, totally. Uh, so it's cool. It'll be cool to see that he's now aware of her existing mm-hmm. and presumably she's not going to die, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, really interesting. I can't wait to see the, the way this plays out. I really, really want, like, the more I read of Afra, the more I really want an Afra crossover into another medium. I want Afra. I think, like I said, I think yeah. we will eventually get it. It may take a decade. <laughs> yeah. Just like Thrawn, right? Right, right, true. It may take a very long time for something from the comics to come over into mm-hmm. a main series. I mean, a novel, I could see. Yeah. Her coming into one of the novels that, that doesn't star her mm-hmm. as a... I'm actually surprised that hasn't happened as, like, even yeah. just as a cameo. Yeah. yeah. I, I would be interested um, in the 40 stories of from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. I'll be really interested to see, like, if she's in any of those. Oh, yeah, I wonder. Um, yeah. If she's in Kieran Gillen's. We talked about that a bit last week. Um, oh, that would be cool. Yeah, so yeah. it'll it'll be... I'm really excited. Like, 40 stories is so many. So I'm really excited I to see... I think that's the thing I'm most... I'm looking forward to the most this year. Yeah. Except for maybe Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more than Last Jedi. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I'm pretty excited I'm into for the that no- book. I'm into the novels, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, the movie is like... There's a certain kind of... I almost wanted to compare it to, like, an ice cream sundae. Like, it, there's a certain amount mm. of, like, I am always excited for a new Star Wars movie, and I'm, like, super pumped for this ice cream sundae, mm-hmm. but the novels are kind of like a really good burger. I was going to say that the novels are, like, um... Like, more of a meal. I think it's more like... It's not even that. It's like the... The movies are, like, an ice cream sundae. Mm-hmm. The books are, like, 
burgers all week because mm. they last so much longer. That's true. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. it's like a whole week of getting some, right. Like it's like yeah. it's not as uh, sweet or whatever, but yeah. it's more. I love our food metaphors. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know making a pot of stew that's really good mm-hmm. and you can eat it all week and it lasts a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes it really screws up and you have to choke it down for the whole week though because you don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you made a lot of you it. You made a lot of it and you have to get through it. Like, you don't want to waste it. There's way too much cumin in it. Yeah, but uh, I can get through it. Yeah. And then other times... Well, that's why I was thinking of like a burger because sometimes you have burgers that are like, eh... Burgers, burgers are not really good. Burgers are really hit and miss for me. Yeah, sometimes just like the books. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, and then when, but then like a really, really good burger is like a joy to eat. A really good burger is better than a really good ice cream sundae. It's true, but an ice cream sundae is like always sweet and usually welcome. Definitely, and like it's good in a, a burst. I mean, it's a treat. It's a you, treat. You look forward every once in a while. Exactly. Like once a year. Once a year. Exactly. So there you have it, folks. It's a really extended food metaphor. You can think about what you think at home, especially if you just watch the movies. If you only watch the movies, what kind of food do you if think? If you only watch the movies, why do you listen to this podcast? Because they like us. Oh. And because we're right. we're reading the books and the comics and the TV shows for them. Oh, We're yeah. telling them about it yeah. so that they get all the deep lore. They don't have to spend their time reading Star Wars books. They can just listen to us instead. That actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That would be a good reason to listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Afro 9 and 10, pretty fun. I wish she had had a pretty white dress instead of the outfit she had. It was okay. Agreed. It was not as good as the one in the cover, though. So, don't get your hopes up. But it was pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah. Uh, what else? Vader. Issue number three trash don't skip it oh man this vader comic it's like I, like i know you probably don't know who this is uh-huh. but um i forget the name now it, it feels like it's done by uh who's that guy oh shit <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a 90s comic basically yeah and not even a 90s star wars comic yeah but it feels like uh a 90s image comic it's it's, uh, it's just an action comic it's weird there's no substance it's just fighting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like Darth Vader really fight some eagles in this he punches this, some eagles in this episode that are called raptorans get mm-hmm. get it because they're raptors they're birds of prey <laughs> yeah but they're in space yeah <laughs> yeah it was um there's a lot of thigh there is a there's, there's a lot of Vader thigh and a lot of Vader codpiece. There is like more than I'm comfortable with, to be honest. There was a bunch of points where you were like, I don't feel good <laughs> looking at this. I just it like when you look at Darth Vader in the movies, he looks like he's wearing pants. He's your dad. Yeah, and he's in, not supposed to be sexy. And and we were kind of here for that in the first issue. It's kind of anime Vader, but they're going a little too far with it. His pa- he's wearing like yeah. tights. You know what? It could, it could be a different kind of sexy, like cracked mask and seeing a bit of Anakin's hair. Sexy. That's right, right, right. That's... He doesn't have any hair. His hair all burned off. Oh well, it would be cool if he had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. Um, but the like really tight pant i don't know really? i don't know yeah it's like a batman costume yeah yeah it is you and know like, it's like two different colors of gray 
Yeah. Yeah, it's like a... And, like, skin tight. Uncomfortable skin tight superhero costume. I mean, maybe... uh, Maybe he sort of changes his wardrobe. He changes his look. Oh, this was like... As he ages. It's like when Peter Parker is wearing, like, the pajamas. Yeah, yeah. At first. Yeah. So he's, like... Yeah, and then he gets, like, the real... As he's getting older, he's Mm. like, look... um, Right. Master, I'm I'm I, I don't think I can pull this off anymore. Get me something a bit more modest. And Palpatine's like, I don't know, Anakin, I think you still got it. And he's like, mm, I'm I'm kind of feeling like that was um like a twenties Anakin, but I'm in my thirties now and I feel like maybe pants. I'm in my thirties and I look like I'm in my fifties. Yeah. It's <laughs> like maybe pants would be better. Yeah. So um Palpatine's yeah. like, fine, we'll build you a new suit or whatever, I guess. So, like, maybe it is a different costume. Mm. That's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, did you know? Mm. Little little seg- side segment here. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there was a, uh, a like an option that like if Vader was to survive the Death Star two, mm-hmm. the Emperor was. This is legends. I okay, think. okay. The Emperor was going to reward him with a new suit. Whoa. Almost like concept art for it. Whoa. Oh my god, do you remember? Well, we don't remember this in Legends, but do you remember hearing about... So I think there was like, I don't know, Legends AU or something, where like Darth Vader survives and turns to the good side and he has a white suit. Like he's just a Darth Vader suit, but it's white. Really? Yeah. What's that from? I don't know. Legends? You should Google it. That's uncomfortable. It's It's like from a comic. Darth uh, Vader white suit. Let's, yeah, yeah. Right, let's just Google it real quick. Yeah. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. <laughs> white suit. Yeah. It. I mean, it might even be like a dream sequence in one of the comics or whatever. Oh yeah, Anakin Skywalker's white armor. Non-canon. Oh, Star Wars: Infinities, Return of the Jedi. Oh, so they. We. We. Are, this is what we were asking for. Was the uh, right the, the AU. AU AU comics? You've got so many comics, you can afford to do some AU. Right. So in Star Wars Infinities, uh, Return of the Jedi, after returning to the light side of the Force, Anakin Skywalker's armor was recolored white. Oh. So now, if you look at this drawing of Darth Vader, his suit is skin tight, but not inappropriate looking. Yeah. Look at you know the, yeah, yeah. the, the cod piece is an uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah, his mask is still, like, super scary, even though it's white. Yeah, this is a really good drawing of Darth Vader. Yeah, it is. White Vader. Dot JP, JPEG. Is that what that JPEG's called? Yes. <laughs> we'll make this uh, our podcast image for this week, folks. So you can see it, too. Have fun with it. Yeah. So, anyway, just the outfit. Unnecessary. This comic. Unnecessary. I hate this comic. It's, it's the uh, worst comic we've read. So, on the plus side, the next issue of this comic is going to be... Sounds amazing. Yeah, Vader... I'm not getting my hopes up. True. Vader and the Grand Inquisitor try to track, track down our favorite Jedi librarian, Joe Castanew. I think it's cool that the Grand Inquisitor was conceived of this early in the Empire. Yeah. That, um, I think that's interesting. Maybe we'll get some, like, backstory on him. I mean, it was... We know that he was a temple guard, but maybe we'll see, like... I'm a fan. That's starting? I'm yeah. F- I'm a fan of the, the Grand Inquisitor. He was on your list. Oh, he was? Yeah. Wasn't he, like, a honorable mention? Or was he on No, my, he, he was, was on your list He was sure. on my list of... Star- Swilf. Swilfs. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That episode, we will have to do a reprise of after another year of Star Wars content. Mm, Yeah, we should. Because it was before Rogue One came out. I have a lot of new... Yeah, there's a lot of updates to our our Swift list and our favorite character list. Yeah, so maybe we'll do like one every year. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Okay. Cool. What's your line? Hey, Dana, what time is it? <laughs> Come and watch a show with us. It's Clone Corner. Welcome to Clone Corner. The, so, the corner of the galaxy where we talk about st- Star the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. which is how it's written in the title. Right, that's true. Um, which episodes did we watch this week? Um, was it 15, 16, 17, 18? I believe so. Uh, of season four of the Clone Wars. What did you think? Uh, it was pretty good. It was like a bounty hunter undercover episode arc. Um, so some minor spoilers here. I don't. Yep. I don't think you had a long time to watch this show. Yeah. Um, my favorite part about this was a few different things. Um, I love it when they play with genre. Mm-hmm. So they took like kind of a classic kind of crime. I don't know. Like I feel like I've seen this story before, where one of the good guys gets um facial reconstruction to look like one of the bad guys and then has to pretend to be a criminal yeah so what happened in this episode arc if you aren't watching along but right here commentary about it yeah is um a bounty hunter assassin tries to take out obi-wan they um pretend that obi-wan dies Obi-Wan fakes his own death. Yep, so that he can go undercover as that bounty hunter assassin. At the behest of the Jedi Council. It's not not like something he does by himself. Yeah, the Council wants him to do this so that he can infiltrate the criminal syndicate, make friends with this other criminal who is allegedly planning to kidnap the Chancellor Palpatine. Right. But Uh, along the way, all kinds of interesting misadventures happen with a a lot of cameos from previous villains. Yeah. I felt like this was a... um, it's like in Batman when you go to Arkham Asylum. Yeah. And you meet all of the... Even Boba Fett. Boba, Boba Fett, Fett there. Boss was in it. Yeah. Like, um, Embo. Embo was in it. Uh, um, I didn't expect uh, Cad Bane to be in it. Yeah, Cad Bane and was Cad in Bane, it a lot. Cad Bane ended up being a big part of the, the whole arc. Yeah. So um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I think it's a really interesting arc for us to have watched this week because it's the same plot as the section in Inferno Squad that we read. Oh, it totally is. Only yeah, like, yeah, kind of the opposite. Totally is. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like Obi Wan, totally disguised because he had a sort of facial reconstruction. Yeah, science technology, magical, magical nano machines. Yeah, uh, and like a voice Too bad modulator. The Empire didn't have those. Yeah. Um, so that he could impersonate this guy, he had to, you know, do some questionable things. Yeah. In order to not blow his cover. But he also got to do a bunch of Obi-Wan stuff and, like, help the other bounty hunters win games in the... Like... Not only that, but Anakin thinks he's dead. Yes. So, like, the whole the whole first few minutes of the um, episode, we, we... It's from our perspective. Yeah. We, we think Obi-Wan's actually dead. And we know that he isn't. We so know that like, he's not. So we're like, what's happening? Yeah. So they play the, the first few minutes, they play it completely straight. And, like, yeah. Anakin's at Obi-Wan's funeral. Yeah. It's, like, super dark. I love this show. Yeah. I also hate this show. Yeah, it's um 
It's interesting because, like, even when Clone Wars has so far, you know, like, when it's approaching what we imagine to be its best, quote-unquote, it's still, like, not as good as Rebels. It's still a piece of... Um, <laughs> yeah. So it it's like, heck. uh, Clone Wars. But... And it always drags out too long. <laughs> Did you like that there was one episode which was just the movie Cube? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like... Like, literally? Yeah. That yeah. was funny. That was a pretty Except good episode. For, they called it The Box or something? Right. Yeah, The Box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, was a, just Cube. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And like, oh, we won't undercover, oh, we won't ask to work together with Cad Bane to mm-hmm. survive. It's, yeah. Well, it's lovely. He tries to like help the other bounty hunters because he's Obi-Wan. He can't not it help felt like people. A, it felt like an episode of Samurai Jack. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that whole, like almost this whole, yeah, this whole arc felt like it was written by Genny Tartakovsky. Yeah, totally. It was, and, and I guess like I could picture this episode arc having been in the original Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. The one that was, yeah. was written by him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, made by him. So it was pretty fun. And there was um, a lot of interesting Anakin stuff, even though his part in it was really small. Yeah, I agree. It was really interesting. Um, by the end, he both figures out that something's going on with Obi-Wan, like that this guy has, that Obi-Wan might not be dead, but then he gets let in on it because he's causing problems. Yeah. Um, and then when Obi-Wan's back, not undercover anymore, Anakin's like, that was totally not cool, what you guys did, and now how do I know that I can trust the Jedi Council, if they're going to pull stuff like this. Yeah. And Obi-Wan's yeah. like, hmm, well, I don't know. We kind of suck. I'm sorry. Yeah. And and I liked um, that we haven't seen a lot of that yet in the Clone Wars, where Anakin is like genuinely breaking his faith with the Jedi Council. Yeah. Not the Jedi like dogma, but that the council specifically, because that's what we see in Revenge of the Sith. And he's as, already at that point. Yeah. And he doesn't trust them for good reason. And we also see Palpatine like so obviously undermining his trust in the Jedi at every turn, like, oh, why wouldn't they let you in on that? I thought Obi Wan was your best friend. Yeah, it's how just... disappointing that they would have kept that important secret from such an important jedi and anakin's like mm, yes mm, yes it's, yeah, delicious it's a bit over it's um, a bit over the top yeah. palpatine is a super over the top character in this show um, yeah but i like that they are trying to bridge um clone wars anakin with revenge of the sith anakin agreed or, yeah. yeah i thought that was interesting mm-hmm. um yeah anything else I don't know. I thought these episodes were pretty good. I did you okay, so the voice of the guy who was the like Obi Wan's undercover guy? Did, Kratos. Oh yeah, God of, Kratos. God of War. Did you find that he sounded a little bit like a serious Patrick Warburton? Because that's who I kept mm. that's who I kept thinking about. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. He was kind of that kind of a Yeah. Kind of a character. I kept having this thing throughout the... I kept forgetting it was Obi-Wan. Yeah, he wasn't... Because he kept acting. He was really good at acting like this other guy. Yeah, he didn't have an Obi-Wan intonation to his voice. Which was, like, the point, right? Because yeah. it would have been obvious it was Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They were pretty good episodes. Not bad. For Clone Wars. Pretty good for Clone Wars. Pretty good for Clone Wars. Yep. Enjoyable. Uh, capers. 
All right, let's let's talk about the book. Okay, it's our last segment. It's the middle third, pages one hundred to two hundred and seven. That's right. Of Inferno Squad. So, what happened in this third of the book? Spoiler alert. Uh, this was like the meat of the book mm-hmm. when they went on their main mission, uh, which took up the whole middle of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, they're undercover on, in the the dreamers, which mm-hmm. we finally figure out why they're called the dreamers. Yeah, because saw uh, was like save the dream. Yeah, keep the dream alive. I guess that must have been a thing he said more than once because nobody survived from <laughs> Jetta. <laughs> must have been like his motto. I yeah. guess. Uh, we also got our. Or sorry, more broadly, the the storyline was they were undercover, infiltrating the organization, mm-hmm. starting to feel pathos for them. Yep. Misadventures. Yeah, so they each got there through a different route. Sane um, posed as a slave who got freed by the partisans and insisted they take her with them. Um, the boys got... The boys pretended to be brothers and... Got some pirates. Yeah, got captured by pirates. And Aiden had the most interesting one, I think. Yeah, Aiden got herself arrested by pretending to be... Have traitorous thoughts to the Empire. Yeah. And uh, got sent to her home planet to do, like, a work um, release, like prison sentence and she got busted out by the partisans because the assumption was that she would be their new they would want a really high profile uh, replacement for saw as like a figurehead of the organization and they calculated correctly so all of them met back up when they got back to the dreamer home base and uh yeah now they're pretending to be rebels yeah definitely so um there's a few there's a few things to discuss. Mm-hmm. What was your overall impression? Um so one of the overall impressions I have is that people keep saying like I keep seeing um retweets about the book and stuff where people are like, "Whoa, you made me like feel for the empire and stuff." And like, "Whoa, I've never, you know, like I was taking the empire's side and like I'd never mm. been sympathetic to them before or whatever." Um, and I, I don't know what happens in the last third of the book, of course, but I thought it was interesting because I really felt the opposite in hmm. the whole middle third of the book where interesting. Um, I feel like the pathos for the rebel cause infuses this section and when the uh, Imperial characters are having to like pretend to hate the Empire and they're listening to what's been happening to the other rebel characters you as the me as the audience was like yeah can't you see this like can't like and and some of them there are like cracks in their armor and i'm thinking about how young they are definitely um, yeah especially compared to some of the older uh rebels where almost all of the rebels that uh we interact with are older than them and we've got these all these early to mid 20s imperials who are basically brainwashed and they were born at the turn of the empire and they buy in 100% that's why they're here um and it's like it this is actually the tip of a really broad thing i want to discuss yeah so yeah um they like there's there's a sequence that i thought was really interesting um where Dell has befriended a Shadra fan, 
which is like a little bat guy. Yeah. And uh, the little bat guy is like, he's really clever and he's really inquisitive and he's really good at tinkering and he's... He's written as very cute. Yeah, he's super cute. And um, Dell is thinking about how wasted this person was in like an imperial labor camp doing like where he ended up. And he was like, if only the Empire could have found him and like, you know, given him an opportunity to do something more interesting. And you're like, no, Del, that's the point. Like, the Empire never finds people like this and puts them to work doing something more interesting. Yeah. It's like the same labor camps for everybody. And he, that he still has that level of, um, idealism in it like he he doesn't see even though he has to do these horrible things on the empire's behalf he still doesn't see the sort of greater truth of it i don't know okay so this is actually exactly what i want to talk about okay. today um which is that isn't it interesting that right now mm-hmm. um starting with kind of two years ago Mm -hmm. with the like revitalization of the star wars brand that we're starting to get to see all of these portrayals of the empire from a relatable standpoint and also we're getting to see a lot more extreme rebels yeah um especially with our political climate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're like if you live in the like considering these movies are made in the u.s yeah if you live in the u.s right now you are a part of the empire. Yeah. And I'm sure you're feeling it. And it, like, I, I this hadn't occurred to me until literally today mm-hmm. where I was thinking like, wow, I guess it's like not a coincidence that we're getting all of these Imperial perspectives and like, you know, characters that are living within the empire and some of them are justifying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and having the Imperial viewpoint seem reasonable. Yeah. Because a lot of a lot of people live like that now, and um, and you also get a lot of you know extreme um, you know painting a lot of the rebels as extremists. Yeah, where that's not something that um, like considering who these books are made by, too, right? Like considering who Star Wars is made by, it's not mm-hmm. made by indie yeah authors and stuff yeah. right it's it's made by people who are in a place of privilege for the most part mm-hmm. um i was just thinking like oh and it's like interesting you know the extremists are always like you know the like bad guys and extremists are usually like saw who's the like main black character in that movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting how that, i'm sorry but like it's kind of an interesting um I hadn't really looked at like if you look at Rogue One as a political commentary on what's like because we we look back on Episode Two, yeah, and it's such a political commentary, yeah. But if you look at Rogue One as a political commentary, mm-hmm. which I had never really, yeah, we talked about that before. We kind of did, yeah, because that's yeah. that's what a lot of people had been saying about Rogue One, where a lot of people were angry, like a lot of you know who you can imagine would be angry about it, right? Angry that like all of the villains in Rogue One are white men who are taken down by... But also, that's not true. Like, you know, like, also the extremists, the people that... It's, it's like, both sides, right? Yeah. Where, like, they're portraying... Um, I mean, yeah, the villains are white men, which is what we've always had in Star mm-hmm. Wars. 
Um, but I think it's more notable that like you also have the, this splinter faction of rebels mm-hmm. who are coded as sometimes like um, like Eastern terrorists, basically, mm-hmm. and sometimes like Saw, who's like a black character. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's both sides are are interesting. I don't know. I know there's like a whole, there would be like a whole level of commentary we're not qualified to speak on. Of course. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah definitely. You know, the, the sort of depth of that analysis is not, it's above our pay grade. It is, yeah. Um, but but also just, just even taking these, mm-hmm. like this book and Lost Stars mm-hmm. and, you know, the new Battlefront game, it's like mm-hmm. suddenly we're, we're like, oh, let's, let's, let's have stories where we're justifying an imperial perspective. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like, see, because I still feel like this book's perspective is yet it's relatable and it's, but that... I don't think it's promoting a right-wing agenda. I think it's yeah. it's more like the average person having to live in right-wing America. Yeah. That's where this is written from. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think it's like written from a, they're not pro-Trump or whatever. Yeah. Right. But it's also like the average person in America who's like, wow, there's these like extremists and then there's also these like this awful regime we live under which one do we choose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i don't know and they feel conveniently justified in their own mission while able <laughs> to feel morally superior to the rebels who are yeah like yeah like that was something that really struck me in this <laughs> section was how morally superior inferno squad managed to feel over the rebels i was most like the the whole time i was like you know i can see both perspectives yeah yeah um and they were like oh how disgusting they're so cruel (laughs) to these imperials they were just trying to do their jobs you know like they feel really righteously um especially especially iden yeah some of the others are um more uh, yeah iden is really upset by the way that the rebels like will casually kill stormtroopers and like we've talked about that before too that we're like wow there's like a high body count where nobody cares about the stormtroopers and Aiden does yeah and she is thinking about like how tragic it is but she's also like the compartmentalization that she's able to do not thinking about the terrible things she's doing because she feels justified in doing them mm-hmm. where the rebels um are just blanket villains for her and she's having a harder time um sort of sympathizing with them where some of the others like Dell especially insane to a lesser extent are um I think yeah we we get cl- all of the characters have moments yeah where they can identify like there's a moment where Dell is like you know I can hold both ideas in my head Yeah, at the same time. I wonder, so do you think we are going to kill Sane, or do you think we're going to lose her to the Rebels? Because I think we could lose her to the Rebels. Yeah, I think that's more likely, actually, than her dying. I think that would be an I interesting... I that, yeah. I think that would be an interesting place to take that, because it feels like, with the four of them being so deeply embedded, it would almost be a missed opportunity to not lose one of them actually to the cause. Um, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And we know that the three of them are in the game <laughs> as Imperials. So, and saying, or oh, Dana just made a hand gesture. T- 
tricky with her spoiler that I wouldn't hear last week. I didn't say anything. No, she I just, just made a seesawing hand gesture. Um, and who knows? An ambiguous hand gesture. So anyway... I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like <laughs> it, it really felt like we w- might lose somebody <clears throat> over the course of this book. Because the rebels are making a good case. Yeah, I agree. So there's a few other levels I want to discuss mm-hmm. this book on. Um, there's some cool cameos. Yeah. Steven from Rebel Rising. Yeah, see, I didn't really remember him, but I... Rem- he was the one that I thought was going to be her love interest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The and guy who, like, she beats up? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. But then I think I think he either gets turned into the Imperials and gets arrested, or, right. or something happens to him. Yeah, I don't remember what happens to him. Something happens to him. Um, and there's also the mysterious mentor character. Yeah. I've been spoiled on who he is. Okay, is he from the episode of Clone Wars? Is he in Clone Wars? Okay, yeah, that's what I figured. Like, when he started talking about Stila and Saw Gerrera, I was like, uh, maybe he's in the episodes of Clone Wars that we haven't seen yet? You know the who the character is, though. Um... It's a character that's already been introduced in Clone Wars. What? Do you want to hazard a guess? I don't know. White male character from Clone Wars. Because uh, that's what he's described as in the book. Yeah. Is he a kid in Clone Wars? Is he Lux Monteri? <laughs> oh. Could, could be. Okay. Dana made another seesawing hand gesture. Could be. Um, hmm. Well, I actually was not fully spoiled. I just saw a picture on like uh, online of what happened to Lux Bonteri, and it was like a Star Wars explained video. Okay, and it had okay. Saw Gerrera in it, and I was like, oh. I was like, oh, I bet I know where because th- <laughs> they usually make videos about current media, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, I bet it's Lux Bonteri. Hmm. Yeah, because like being you know the godmother of someone who was in Saw's faction mm-hmm. um and he was also he said he was uh in a prominent family and had been on multiple sides yeah. the confederates the alliance the rebels pretty sure it's lux Bonteri. yeah which is a cool deep cut yeah right yeah that would be cool um, so we'll see how that goes um, yeah the, the whole this whole section i was like who mm-hmm. like yeah i was trying to figure it out mm-hmm. um uh so the other thing that i like to talk about is I'm a little bit disappointed with the way this book, with the story this book chose to tell. Mm. Um, I was kind of hoping for a more, more like the first third of the book where they're going on a bunch of wacky missions. Yeah, I agree. Um, rather than one prolonged, set, one larger mission, which yeah. I feel like was was... It was okay, but, like, mm-hmm. I would have preferred, like, three little missions rather than one long mission. I completely agree. It was just a little bit... Like, it was still entertaining. The characters are still cool, but, like, one of the things I was looking forward to in this book was Inferno Squad being Inferno Squad. Yeah. And, yeah. And they don't really get to... In- because they're undercover... Yeah. They they interact with each other not as much, and you, yeah. don't, you don't really get to see them in action as a team, which is, like, really fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the last third will be like. Probably that. Yeah. You know, like, we'll probably get more of that, hopefully, in the last section. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, like, those first couple <clears throat> missions, the wedding mission, you know, etc. Yeah. were super fun. Those were so much fun and, like, colorful and, like, yeah. characters are so charming. And then, mm-hmm. like, the middle of the book is so, like... Like it's good, but it's it's kind of dark. It's slowed down, and it's not as fun. Yeah, you know. And I mean, it's it's interesting to even think about the idea of like a fun imperial caper story. That's what I was looking forward to. Yeah, that sounds like a hilariously awesome pitch. It it does, Um, but you know, I guess the empire is actually pretty freaking dark. Yeah, it's like maybe (laughs) not do imperial capers. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> fascist, fascist caper police. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe don't do that. Um, but I, I actually found like when I found out it was going to be uh, an infiltration story, I was, I was disappointed. Also, because I don't like stories where the baseline is that somebody's lying. Agreed. So I don't like. Not great. Um, that that kind of spy story where somebody's pretending to be somebody else and it's like there's lots of manipulation going on where they're lying to the people that they're growing to care about and Aiden has to lie to her very very sick mother who is probably going to die thinking it's like watching an Aladdin yeah but like really really dark a dark Aladdin but you like yeah you know those stories where the premise relies on you lying about something and I, I don't like that kind of story by default so then it comes out at the end and everybody's in trouble yeah everybody gets hurt because everybody's been lying and it's just the worst yeah it's kind of the worst um oh damn i meant to do some homework before this episode which was to look in the propaganda book to see if zhe versio is credited with any of the art in the propaganda book that would have been cool well and very preemptive yeah yeah so i'll check that for you next week or next episode listeners that seems unlikely to me yeah um i mean this game has been in development for a really long time video games take a long time to make i would be impressed with pablo if he if he did that. would be impressed but i'm gonna look it would be some major coordination yeah uh yeah but undercover story i'm not loving how it's gonna end up regardless of how it ends up not not it's, looking forward to to that. It's still one of the better books. It's still really well written. Yeah. Um, Christy Golden's just a joy. It's a joy to read her descriptions of pe- mm-hmm. people doing things and their interactions and their feelings. Yeah. And yeah. everybody is like super cute. And yeah. there's lots of like pretty scenery and characters doing fun things in it. But it's a shame that it had to be kind of a messed up storyline. I guess it would be, but I don't know complicated it's complicated uh yeah i don't know what else to say i like how in so in the book it's dell who makes the droid who like modifies that droid that we see yeah and then in all of the promotional stuff for battlefront Aiden has the droid presumably because you'll be playing as Aiden yeah and but like the droid comes with you at what point does Aiden get like adopted by the droid and when is he gonna get a nickname when is Del gonna start thinking of him or her the droid give the droid a nickname give the droid a nickname and start like anthropomorphize because he's already slowly starting to anthropomorphize it 
Yeah. And it's I feel like he's going to give it a nickname, even though there's a whole thing where they're discouraged to do stuff like that. No thinking of things in warm and fuzzy ways, including each other. I wonder. I don't know. Also, will the game still be based around the concept of Inferno Squad? Yeah. Will you still be getting sent on missions with Dell and the other one? Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. Because it seems kind of like that, because her dad's giving her the mission at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're on Endor when the Death Star blows up, or right. on the moon of Endor. Lots of questions. Mm-hmm. So, next week, we might have a special episode for you, and then we'll be back with the... We'll definitely have a special episode for you. Yeah. We pre-recorded it. <laughs> yes. And next week, we'll have a special episode, and then the week after that, we'll be back with the conclusion of Season 4 of Clone Wars, and the conclusion of Battlefront Inferno Squad. Oh, wow. That, that's neat. Mm-hmm. It's a neat little bow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the special episode next week is we're doing a review of Star Wars Rebellion. Yeah. Go okay. ahead and we've already said that, I believe, on yeah. the previous we've podcast. We strongly implied it. <laughs> yeah, so it's a pretty in-depth talk about that yep. board game. Yeah, we played, what, it took like probably eight hours? Probably. We were learning the game, too. Yeah. And taking a lot of breaks. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we did a whole episode about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds good. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. So, have a nice vacation. Thank you. And we'll see you on the other side of it. Okay. Although the listeners won't notice any difference. Yeah. We'll still have podcast episodes every week. That's right. Okay. It was a good week. Nobody died. If you'd like to find more stuff about Star Wars from me and Jamie, you can check out our website at imperialhearts.com or tweet at us at imperial underscore hearts. If you'd like to help support the show, you can rate or review us on iTunes or you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash imperialhearts. Special thanks to patrons Ryan and Zach for helping us meet our first funding goals. The music used in this podcast is clips from the song Barbarian by Pierre Lowe. This podcast is not endorsed in any way by the Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment purposes only, and all Star Wars people, names, and places, and anything else, is copyright of Disney and the respective copyright and trademark holders. The ship of the week is Darth Vader and non-skin-tight legwear. Think about it.